Hi, I'm Elva Yao. You're listening to Shanghai Comedy Corner podcast. Dear Shanghai fans, Shanghai trash, real Shanzai goods, and fake lawies. This week's podcast episode is brought to you by Chinese traffic policemen. What do traffic policemen dream of when they rest at night? Empty streets, apologetic drivers, common sense. Have you ever seen a smiling traffic policeman? I have. It's scary. But behind their dark aviator shades, there are real people with feelings and hopes and fears. Mainly feelings of hate, hopes of crashes, and fears of rain. I vote for pedestrian traffic policemen. Wait, they have them here on national days. They're called the army. Traffic policemen are deep down hardworking people. It's not easy to handle pollution, bathroom needs, and looking good in those yellow safety jackets. I'm sure there'll come a time when traffic policemen will not be needed anymore. All traffic will be automated, and computers will direct our journeys. Then we'll fondly remember our time when the only people to aggressively pull us over were traffic policemen. Welcome to the 59th Shanghai Comedy Corner podcast, the only podcast that directs your thoughts to the funny side of town. Today I'm talking to Elva Yao, improv and sometimes stand-up comedian from Hunan, China. It's random, it's fun, and it's as unexpected as an empty Huaihai road. Subscribe to our WeChat account at SHCC Podcast to win lots of things, and check out our website ShanghaiComedyCorner.com. Hi, Elva. Hi, Julian. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm I'm fantastic. It's nice weather. Spring is coming back slowly. Yeah, I love spring summer. You love spring summer. <laughs> yeah, spring and summer.、Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that though we should not be too happy because it might be cold again, right? Oh yeah, next week I think probably will snow. Snow, not in Shanghai. I hope. Yeah, it's like will be like under. Under zero degree、oh, really? temperature. Yes. In Shanghai. Yeah.、Oh, uh. All right. Yeah. Get ready. Get ready, Get people. Yeah, your coat out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's introduce yourself to the people listening. And you come from Hunan, China. Yes. And you come from a hometown. Your hometown is some place you really like. Can you tell us more about your hometown? I can tell you about something about Hunan,、mm. and especially for foreigners, it's Hunan, not Hunan.、Mm. Because every time I told people I come from Hunan, say, "Oh, I know Hunan. It's the spicy place." I said, "Oh no, it's a place you know. It's famous、uh, about、uh, Shaolin Kung Fu.、Mm. Yeah, I'm very proud of it." And also, you know, in old China, Henan is very important because it's like、uh, several capital in old Chinese history. That's why there, even now, if you go there, you can see a lot of old、uh, buildings, beautiful. You decided to study fashion design and engineering, right? 
Yes, university. Where was university? It's at Henan Zhengzhou. And then you found a job and you came to Shanghai. Yes, as a fashion merchandiser. See, the easy way, you just uh, uh, sell clothes to Western, to like overseas, mm. to American like brands, just do the business. So how did you like that? Yeah, I, I like the, because I'm a girl, I like clothes, right? <laughs> So, <laughs> hey, I like clothes too. <laughs> yeah, men can like clothes too. <laughs> so it's like uh, when you do the business with overseas, you do, uh, especially me, I deal with, deal with designer. Oh, with okay. Designer. Yeah. So they send us the designing the mm. sketch. Then we find the factory to make turn turn to a real clothes. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's nice. So when the moment you get the clothes and compare with the, just a picture, right? Mm. Get so excited. Yeah. So sometimes it's like I can put on first, just <laughs> see how it, how is it look. It was quite a good job. I quite enjoy it. I remember when I first met you it was about like five years ago. Yes. I remember you were like, oh, if you you know. I have some extra clothes or oh, have yeah, some good deals, samples, some yeah. samples, yeah. But they were never the right size. Yeah, of course, samples. Right? So you did that for seven years. So you arrived in Shanghai around two thousand nine. Two thousand six. Two thousand six. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, two thousand six. Then I work about um, for one year, then come back to my hometown for half a year, then come back again. Because when, when I come back, it's because my boyfriend, oh, yes. <laughs> my first boyfriend, he won't get married. Uh, so I come back, come back and prepare. What then, happened? I don't know. I just feel like because I already have one year life in Shanghai. Then you come back to a small town, just mm. everything is not right. Don't feel right. So I told him this is not the right place I want to stay. So I make the decision and leave. But at that moment, we didn't break up. Oh. Yeah, we just think okay. Just uh, I I come to Shanghai. You stay in the hometown. Maybe. Later, we still have something. Maybe he can he can come to Shanghai to me or yeah. yeah. But it never worked in the relationship. Two people stay two places and too yeah. far away, right? Long distance, yes. Yeah. When did you realize it was not going to work? When did you think, okay, let's stop this? Actually, I didn't make the decision. Okay. I I was uh, that that was very not good, but. I just met somebody else. Then he found out. Oops. Then yeah. <laughs> then he made the decision. All right. Okay. That's not right. Actually, I should make the decision. But mm. sometimes you know it's hard to say break up to mm. somebody, right? Bad girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm good now. You learn, right? <laughs> yeah, you learn. And when I met you, I met you at a place near the Boon. It's not the Boon. It's like it's a hotel place or a big hall. It was a birthday. It was. Uh, oh. It was a huge party, yeah, 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 and we yeah. had a small improv show there. It was one of my first improv shows in town, and I remember you standing in the back with a beautiful dress, yeah. and not saying anything. anything. <laughs> yeah, that was me. I don't know why I I wasn't like not outgoing, but uh, I just don't have the motivate to talk to strangers. Mm. I'm not scared to talk to people. Mm. I just don't know why should I talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, why should I talk to strangers? Yes. What's the point? <laughs> and there, there's a movie called Don't Talk to Strangers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, maybe your mom told you when you were a little girl, don't talk to strangers. It's dangerous. Yeah, maybe that's something deep in my mind. Yes. <laughs> do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have a, a younger brother. What does he do? He's uh, working as uh, like sales. Back uh, in your hometown? Uh, yeah, and he has a son. I heard that your brother says that you are a very strong woman oh, and yeah. you are a very yes. strong-headed woman. Yeah. Whoever stays with you should be aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he, he said I have a bad temper. But yeah. you don't think so, right? Well, I don't live with you, Elva. <laughs> so maybe you're good when you're outside, but when you're at home, I don't know what it's like to live with you. Maybe you do have a bad temper. You can ask my husband. <laughs> I I don't I don't think I have bad temper. But when I talk to my family, especially my parents, my daddy, I just don't have the patience. Maybe mm. it's because I think he's my father. He can tolerate my bad temper, my everything. Mm. That's not right, actually. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes after I have a fight with my father, like from the phone, then later when I come down, I just think, ah, why should I do that? He's old, right? He just, everything, maybe he has uh, something different thinking from me, but everything he thinks, he just wants the best to me, right? Mm. Yeah, but I never apologize to him. Bad girl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, you should apologize. You should call him up tonight and apologize for all these fights you've had with him. Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should. I've been thinking about this for a while. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you said you can, you said okay, I will in the true spirit of improv. Um, because <laughs> okay. your current job is to work for the Mac company. Yeah. Yes, right. It's now yeah. a registered brand. Yeah. What's your role in the company? I manage everything, like the shoes, classes, everything to make sure everything just uh, kept going. Yeah, yeah. You're more also very in, uh, much in charge of the Smack Training Center. Yeah. Can you tell us more about this training center? Yeah, the training center, uh, now we have three improv 101 classes oh. and also 301. And 201 will open soon. And we also will have a kids improv. We call it Smack Junior. We will open Smack Chinese yes, improv Chinese. Yeah, class. I can't wait to see that. You know. Yeah. I I know you've been talking about this for yeah, a yeah, while. Yeah. You yeah. need to. I'm sure a lot of Chinese people yeah. would love to learn improv in Chinese. Yes. So I'd like to really point out something to people who are listening, because now you've accepted to be on my podcast. Mm. Uh, you're happy to talk to me about lots of things. But you were not really like that when I first met you. Yes, you may have been uh, open to, to talking to your family and you have may have had already a very strong character, but you were not so open, as you said, to talking to strangers and everything. But then you started to study improv, right? You yeah. see it happen from a distance uh, and then you, at some point you decided to study it. Can you tell us more about your journey, how you changed and how you, you decided to study it, do it, and, and the results. Yeah, actually, before I uh, before I really study uh, improv, I watched it for like almost five years. I saw a lot of people change it a lot. I never think I can do it. I think it's really hard. It's difficult. How come I can do it? Uh, Kurt encouraged me a little bit. Said, you just try, see if you can do it. If you don't try, you never know. You can do it or not, right? Yeah. Just step by step. 
first step out. So I think, okay, I will try. And I tried the improv one one class. It was very difficult for me. One is about the English ability. Mm. I feel like mm. I, I, I don't understand the saying a lot or I don't know what to say. I feel like I let my the classmates down. I was crying during the one one class. Crying? And yeah, because I, I really let my classmates down and I, I I wasn't very good, but I finished it anyway. But back then I told Kurt, I said, after I finish one one, I won't do two one. I won't keep doing. But I, I, I told him I can never be good. But after one one class, and uh, especially after the show, uh, I did the graduation show with my classmates, mm. and I can re- I still remember I did the alphabet mm. on the stage. Oh, uh, the alphabet game. Yeah, yeah, so alphabet. For game. those who don't know the alphabet game, I'll explain very quickly. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's an improvised scene in which this for two people, and in which uh, each actor has to start his line with the next letter in the alphabet. So, for example, if we start with the letter A, I will say something like, uh, all the people in town have gathered to congratulate me. And the other character will say, be careful, because they might not give you the prize you want. And the next one should start the letter with C, and so on and so forth. So it's a pretty hard game, even for native speakers. Yeah, it's difficult. But I did it. And during the show, there there was a point and I, I didn't know what to say. So I just pump out Chinese, <laughs> and it was fun, and audience love it. Mm. So after that, I just think, okay, if you just do it, there's nothing worse will happen yeah. than you do it. Mm. So I keep doing two one and three one. Now I'm very comfortable on the stage, yes. and I'm really happy to be on the stage. So and it's also changed me a lot. Now mm. I like talk to. Strangers, <laughs> I always tell them, I love talking, please talk to me. <laughs> so there was an improv festival last November and uh, yes. Shanghai people were very lucky to uh, meet Shana Halpern, uh, the queen and the godmother of improv, yeah. all the way from Chicago. And I remember a uh, your performance where I think your suggestion was chicken. So it was a lot about chicken, maybe too much about chicken. But I remember your character. You were kind of a boss. Yeah. And you were so funny because you start as very relaxed but strong uh, boss, just sitting, slouching in a chair, and <laughs> and you know like. Really behave like I could really see a a, a manly boss. You yeah, know? I was really impressed by by how well you were portraying this character. Yeah, and um, if you haven't seen Elva on stage, I really really should go and see her because with very little she can perform very well. It's very clear what kind of character she's trying to to impersonate. So you should definitely go and see Elva. Yeah, and also my other friend. Also, uh, tell me that I changed a lot. He said, every time I see you, you look different. My personality, just everything. Just... Do you think that you already had a personality that's open to, to things like improv and then it's a natural development? Or, is, or do you think anyone in China could do improv? It doesn't matter what personality. Yeah, I just think if I can do improv, everyone can do it. Because I... I already saw a lot of people at one class. They were doing better, much better than me. 
when I was doing one one. Mm. Now I'm here. I'm sure you can do better.、Mm. So what do you think about improv in China? Because you want to teach improv in Chinese. Yes. And so I'm very curious as to what's the、uh, thinking、uh, for Chinese people when they first see improv, and also because it's not something they're used to anymore. Although one could consider that Xiangsheng. Before you、yeah. know, before the nineteen forties and thirties, before that was also a little bit improvised,、mm. uh, but people have lost this a little bit, right?、Yes. So improv is definitely very Western, very American the way it's done today. So what's the、um, what's the attitude of Chinese people discovering it、uh, for the first time? Yes, first time they heard、uh, improv, they just think, "Oh, it's amazing! How come you can do it?" Just Even Xiang Song and other stuff, people prepare. Yes. They, yeah, they improv improvise on the stage a little bit,、mm. but the main material they prepared. So when Chinese people saw it, they love it.、Mm. They love it, and they、mm, normally they have eager want to do it, but also have fears, like think scared. Because in improv, the first thing we teach is yes and. But we know in China, people easily say yes, right? Yes, that's、uh, actually that's something I want to say. Yes, people say uh, uh, when when I teach yes and, usually can you teach how to say no? Because I always say yes. I said,、uh, do you say and? Yes, it's easy to say yes, but it's hard to say and.、Mm. If you say yes and, you always can do good. And also, there is the attitude even during the work. If you say,、uh, if you say yes, but your attitude actually is not good. You don't want to accept the job. You just think, okay, that's a boss give to me. I have no choice. I have to do it. Then I say yes. See, your attitude is negative. Actually, your attitude is no. If your attitude is yes, you accept the job. You can do it much better. If you really don't have time to do it, if your attitude is yes, you can say no to your boss because. Your attitude is good. You want to do the job good. You can talk to your boss. I really eager to do this job. Maybe uh, for now I have too much to do.、Mm. I can do it later, or I can arrange it to somebody else to do it.、Mm. So the attitude is very important, and the end part is very important too. Yeah. So I think that what we like to see happen is how improv. Changes parts of your life. I mean, we've talked about this a lot of times on this podcast, but I think what you know in China, especially people, do, people are not usually encouraged to be creative. They they're not encouraged to take initiative, right? They really they follow the follow the order, follow the what the boss says, you know. And they so in improv, it's kind of different because. Although you don't have to come up with a lot of ideas, which is the first thing you learn, and you don't need to always be thinking of new things, you just need to follow. Also, but it still pushes people to be creative. Yes. So, do you think this is a problem when Chinese people learn improv? Because they think too much.、Mm-hmm. I'm sure every time I told people they think too much, they said,、uh, "No, I didn't think. That's why I have nothing to come out." It's also same when I first do improv. It's same same problem. But now I can do better. Just to be relaxed, and yes, the part you 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 are listening, 
just agree with your partner, then you can be very creative. Mm -hmm. The attitude still, to me, I really think the attitude is very important. And what about people who say, oh, you know, I, maybe I will not understand everything that's going on. What was, what's your piece of advice for people who are a little bit scared because they're not sure they will understand everything? To me, it's like I explore the part I understand. Mm. Because during the show, you cannot stop it and ask people, what did you say, right? Yeah. You cannot stop. Okay, I don't understand. You have to understand the whole thing and also... When you focus your focus on your relationship, it's easier to talk. Yes. One of the main things that we learn in improv is that probably the most important part is the relationship. Yes. Uh, especially when we do improv with different cultures. Across cultures, it's hard to reference very specific yes, things very. because it's very cultural. But what is international, what is universal is relationships yeah. so that's that's and it's much easier because it's just about universal feelings that everyone experiences so um you may not have the vocabulary for it the the subtle vocabulary but it's still you can still talk about it in an easy way yes the feelings all right so you've changed so much you've become that very confident lady who goes out and talk to strangers and one thing that happens um, by doing this is meeting dogs. <laughs> you mean my new puppy, Albert? Yes. yes. Yeah, I love, I love him. I never want a puppy before. Like my husband sometimes says, can we have a cat or a dog? I say, no, never. Because if we have one, I'm the one to take care of them. Mm. You're not, right? So mm. I said, no. But it's like this one, we get, uh, we get him at Tian Zifang. Oh. When Sharna was here, actually, Sharna is his uh, godmother. <laughs> She's crazy about dogs, right? Yeah, he, she has like uh, several dogs, huge, mm. at the IO Theater, mm. when, when the first time I met her. Mm. Yeah, but those dogs were quiet. They're not jumping on people and anything. This dog um, grabbed grabbed her at the Tianzi Fang. Clever boy, right? Mm. Saved his life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think he was abandoned by somebody. Okay. So he grabbed uh, Sharna's leg. Sharna said, oh, so cute dog. So pet him and mm. hug him. So we asked people around who whose dog is this. Mm. And then people said he was there like the whole day. Mm. And he, he didn't eat anything. Mm. So Sharna just we we bought him some food and mm. Sharna said, okay, let's just take him back home. Say, uh, at the beginning, we, we, I was thinking, ask somebody else who can take care of him because mm. I never want a dog. Mm. Then later, my husband said, uh, how about we have this dog? <laughs> I said, uh, Okay, he can stay here until somebody will take him. Mm. So we keep him. Then the more time I spend with him, I just, oh my God, he's so cute. <laughs> I just cannot imagine the life without him. Mm. You know, in the morning, he will, he will never wake you up in the morning because he knows you're sleeping. But he will sleep next to you. Mm. He will sleep next to you like a baby, very quiet. So when you open your eyes, 
you see the lovely face next to you, <laughs> and if you see your open your eyes, he will put his head on your on your uh, arm and looked at you very cute. <laughs> Smiled my heart. <laughs> All right, if you do improv, be careful. You might adopt an animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also, you talk about, I really like what you said about improv. Um, you say, in China, you now belong to a generation that is very different from the generation of your parents. Yes. And, you know, the values and the ideas that they had was, you know, we need to make sure we have a good life by making some money and having a son or a daughter, you know. And this is changing now in China, right? Yes. Uh, one of the... One of the uh, pieces of evidence that is this is changing is that the government now said you can have more than more, one kid yes. but people like no, no. <laughs> it's yeah. too inconvenient it's too expensive yeah. uh, and only some families will probably do this if they feel it's the right moment and yeah. uh, they have the right uh, already have some safety nets like a good bank account and connections yeah. but most people cannot afford more than one kid Education is very different for Chinese people who are thinking, okay, well, if if the meaning of life is not making money and having babies, what is it, you know? And you were saying that improv may help them a little bit. Yes, like now people want to find themselves, want to know what's a life, mm. right? Why we are living. It's not only about uh, have babies and even don't think I have babies, earn money, buy the house, then what's her meaning with that, mm. right? Improv helped me, just me as the example, improv uh, helped me to think all the time. It's not like before I feel like I'm like a zombie. I don't have strong feelings with everything. I just, uh, I'm, a, I'm a human. Maybe one day I will get married and have a baby as my parents' arrangement. Then later, suddenly I, I know improv, it's just everything changed. I, I want to discover myself. What do I really want? Do I really want a baby or do I really want to study more, to know more, to know more about the world, to see more about the world, to talk to people, to meet more people? It's, it's really different. Before and even... I study actually when I was at school, I study quite good because it's easy for me to study. It's like some people have the ability to do exams, right? But after the university, I feel like I don't remember anything. I don't learn knowledge. I just learn the how to do the exams. So to me, it's not good. Now I, I even now I even start writing again because I want to remember uh, every day my thinking. That's why I start writing again. Do you think yeah. people today don't write so much? No, no, I don't think people write. Mm. I rem I, I noticed something in China is um, obviously writing. Uh, characters mm. is something uh, Westerners may not understand because it's it's hard it takes years and years of learning and if you don't practice then you start forgetting the little details right you're yes. not always completely sure right yes, that's crazy yes sometimes you write a word you just see is it right mm. I feel like not right because you're so so much used to type exactly people now type on phones and yeah. computers the pinyin version the sound the, they use the Latin alphabet to, to indicate the sun and then choose the, the correct character. Yeah. So 
they're not used to you know the movement of the hand and, and yeah. so on and so forth. Writing and reading, yeah, I do a lot now. Because before when reading, the purpose is to have exam to do the test. And now the reading is for myself because I want to I want to know more. So what kind of things are you reading? I read a lot of books recently about the management book, our mm. uh, psychologist books. Yeah, I read a lot more mm. that kind of book. Good. And what do you write? I write is my thinking. Is sometimes like, like a diary? Even, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I even sometimes I even make up stories. Mm. That, that's just to explore my feelings. It's mm. like um, my. Uh, I write something about high school, just as my memory going like love stories. Or mm. uh, actually, it's not love story. It's about something. It's like my thinking now, myself now, to think about the the relationship in high school. Okay. Just see the difference because in high school, when you fall in love with someone, you think this is the guy I will be with forever. Wow. Yeah, that was my thinking before, right? Now I just think, oh my god, right? Why? So I write down that kind of thing. Just maybe one day we just share with people, to some like younger people, mm. to know that actually that's that's not your life. It's just it's part uh, of your life. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, I I told my dad said uh, uh, after university I think the study is finished. But actually, it's just a start. You also did some stand-up, right? In, yeah. In English, right? Yes. There's a funny story about stand-up in English. A guy told me that he saw my stand-up, encouraged him to do stand-up. Oh, wow. Because he said, uh, a Chinese girl can do English stand-up. Why am I like American? Why cannot? So he started to do it. I just think that's so funny. Good. How did you... How did you prepare for it, and why did you want to do stand up? Uh, to do it, maybe it's just the one to um, feel, because feel what's what what kind of feeling to be on the stage myself alone. Because when we do improv, we know everybody will support you, right? Mm. Um, I prepare it from just from the life. Mm. Here is some funny point. I get it, and I did it, and uh, the audience were quite lovely. They were very encouraged and loved a lot. Mm. That made me happy. <laughs> Will you do it again? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm uh, actually I'm doing a Chinese stand up recently regularly. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, every Tuesday because uh, I want. Because I want to discover more Chinese culture and the stuff. So if people want to listen to your Chinese stand-up, they should go, where, where should they meet you? Yeah, Shanghai Comedy Club. Shanghai Comedy Club, Tuesday night yeah. at what time? Uh, seven. Seven, yeah. alright. So, um, as you know, there's lots of uh, stand-up in town in different yeah. places. And there's also a lot of Chinese stand-up now and mm -hmm. also Chinese improv. So this this food for everyone. <laughs> Thank you, Elva. It was very nice to have you on the podcast. Um, I, I'm very glad you came. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> and if you want to learn more about Elva, catch her in one of the improv shows, either in Chinese or in English. 
And even if you don't speak Chinese fluently, like me, uh, you can go and still enjoy much of the show. You just need to have a few basic uh, notions of Chinese, and you will enjoy seeing this really lovely crowd perform all these stories on stage. So, thank you, Ella. Thank you, Julian. And see you soon. See you. Bye bye. Bye bye.